Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Bucklin, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to our weekly podcast. This is your host, Father Martin. And your co-host, Steve Bucklin, who just for some strange reason decided to take a drink as we were beginning recording. He's getting old as usual. <laughs> well, folks, hopefully you are doing well, and thank you for listening. Today we have a very interesting topic. Uh, we might get a little legalistic, but somehow Steve felt the need to learn a little bit about excommunication. Right, and it's all Father Martin's fault because he came to me yesterday and told me that I was excommunicated after I committed a series of what I would call were minor offenses, but... Oh, you make me sound like I'm a terrible person. I can be a little <laughs> harsh sometimes, but I have absolutely no authority to excommunicate anybody. Really? No, I do not. I do, ha- I do not have the competence or the power to excommunicate people. It is kind of funny because when you think about excommunication through the ages, we always think about, you know, the Pope and immediately images flash in your mind of Martin Luther and the Protestant Reformation and people being kicked out and, you know, manhandled and thrown out of churches and you know. actually if you've seen the movie Beckett there's an awesome scene and you can you can YouTube this also the excommunication scene from the movie Beckett where St. Thomas Beckett sort of have this dramatic scene declaring somebody who was it that he was excommunicating Henry Henry the second I suppose so and he said one of the Plantagenet kings of England yeah and then he said may his soul be damned eternally in hell and of course we all know what happened to Thomas Beckett right (laughs) he got his skull wide open did you know that um, his skull was actually cut off 800 years to the day almost to the exact hour before I was born so I have a connection with him that's terrifying (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah and any of you have read the Canterbury Tales that's where all, everybody's going. They're going to see the shrine of St. Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. connected. It's so all connected. connected. But just to begin, just to give us a little bit of definition, uh, I mean, growing up in, in my country, whenever you hear the term excommunication, it's a big deal. It really is a big deal because you lose your communion with the church, and it's a matter of eternal damnation and the salvation of your souls. So it's a huge deal. But I don't think it's it's so much importance in the U.S. or people have a strong understanding of what it is now. Well, I think also a lot of, um, when we were talking about this earlier, that kind of in society today, nobody really thinks about excommunication in a formal sense. Um, and what does it mean to be excommunicated? I mean, really it is is a removal of oneself from a community. Right. Um, and in the case of the church, you think about it in strictly ecclesial terms. But... To excommunicate oneself is to essentially separate, either through your own will or the will of another, um, you from the community to which you are bound. And really, in the case of the church, it's important to remind people and to let people know, if you didn't know, that excommunication is primarily a medicinal um, treatment. It is not, it's not designed to punish, uh, but it is designed to help the faithful reconform himself um, to the community of Christian believers. Right, and I was just about to touch on that uh, that aspect because most what we call punishments from the church's end is meant to be medicinal, to help the person 
by being punished, you, you become aware of your offense, and hopefully you change. Um, that's the whole purpose of it. Um, but obviously, in, in our society today, and regardless of what country you're from, we, we don't tend to think much about uh, consequences of one's action. True. And so we all have this understanding of the, the lovely Jesus, the, the, the fuzzy Jesus, where uh, he loves me and I, no matter what I do, at the end I just go straight to heaven. Well, not quite. Really? Not quite. You don't have the image of little baby Jesus, Ricky Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but as you were giving that description, the only thing that popped in my head was Ricky Bobby saying the prayers of the table. Little baby Jesus, we thank you for the gifts. <laughs> I, will, I will have to Google that. Um, YouTube it. It's better. Yeah, but so just it. going back to the topic of excommunication, uh, it comes from the term Latin, you know, excommunication, which is out of communion with the church. And, and you know that the church is the channel through which uh, the grace of God is conveyed to us uh, baptized Christians. Uh, and so being excommunicated, being separated from that life of grace is a severe, severe consequence of our offense. So how does one get to be excommunicated? I mean, there's two primary forms, but <clears throat> tell me how, how does this happen? Well, uh, typically, typically there's two forms of excommunication, like Steve said. There is one kind that is called de facto. So by the very act, you excommunicate yourself. Let the most common example would be uh, abortion. Right. By the very act of abortion, committing abortion or assisting abortion, you are excommunicated. And then the second kind of excommunication is through an actual decree by the church. Right. So let's focus first on this on this first piece because the very fact of the action. So. These are actions, specifically, that, that fly into the very face of, in a sense, the Ten Commandments, right? These are, these are the most grievous of sins. And, and it's important to remember that excommunication and sin walk hand in hand. That without sin, there can be no excommunication. Mm -hmm. uh, and, that, and that also, as Father Martin mentioned, it's all, it's all to help us maintain our lives in the construct and in the ways in which the Church has decided to help or to communicate to us the life of grace, right? Sure. Let's, let's say for, from a human standpoint, let's use an example from a family life. When, when a child committed a sin, I mean an offense, let's say he's grounded. Yeah. So you're taking away certain privileges. Okay, you can't play your iPad, you can't play this. You're not punishing your child for the sake of punishing him or her. You, by punishment, you're hoping that they'll learn their lesson. Right. The same way with Mother Church, when an excommunication is issued or given, it's not meant to damn you just because the church wanted to send you straight to hell, but really is to help you reflect and hopefully change. Yep, to change your behavior. So in these cases, the actions, so when you mentioned abortion, right? Abortion is murder. Right. So it would be the same or akin to participating in, in, you know, you're an accomplice to murder or you actually murdered somebody. It is the taking of another life. That's where 
I find a little difficult understanding, um, and and we had this discussion before because abortion or murder, pretty much the same thing because you're taking a human life. Yes. But abortion is considered an offense that uh, would lead to excommunication, but murder isn't. Yeah, and see, this doesn't. This is one of those things that doesn't really compute. We probably need a wiser mind than ours. I I suppose so. My my only. Um, thought is that maybe because the baby in the womb cannot defend for themselves. Yeah, I mean, but euthanasia, I mean, you know, euthanizing a senior citizen or assisting physician-assisted suicide, I don't see how that's any different than... That's true, and maybe you're right. We need a, a wiser... We need a wiser intelligent, mind. Intelligent we need to mind. call Father Fernando. <laughs> uh, but here's the strange part. You have to know that you're being excommunicated for the excommunication to take place. Right. Well, exactly. So in most cases, and the interesting thing about this is that in most cases, people, it's it's not very often that Mother Church actually publicly excommunicates people. And you, you can go online and look, and the list is not particularly long, even going back uh, 10, 12 centuries. Mm -hmm. um, it, you really have to be, you know, a world-class master sinner to get yourself <laughs> okay, publicly well, yeah. excommunicated. Um because most, because most excommunication happens internally. It's, mm -hmm. it's the things that we do. And in a real sense, uh, as we sin, right, we, in a sense, separate. Every time we sin, we separate ourselves from God. So excommunication happens, and, and over time, by our very actions, just as frail, you know, broken humans, the people that we are, um, which is why the sacrament of reconciliation helps bring us back into communion, back into right sure. relationship with God. So, um, you know, in some of these cases, you know when you sin, even if you're minimally catechized, you know sin is wrong. You mm -hmm. have that internal mechanism that says, you know what, what I'm doing is wrong, what I'm doing may not be good for me, uh, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, that happens a lot. Uh, and you touched a very important point that a lot of time, excommunication or, or sins, it happens internally because I am aware of it. I'm, Let's say, let's use our friendship for an example. I know that if I'm doing something that will hurt our relationship, our friendship, and I choose to do that anyway. Right. In a sense, you're not cutting off with me as much as I'm choosing by my very action to cut myself off from this relationship. Right. Uh, same thing with, with this so-called excommunication de facto, or we call it latte sententia in Latin. Uh, by the very act of choosing to, to do this offense, I am cutting myself off from the life of the church. Willingly. And I'm willingly. doing it willingly. So, And that's an important piece is that I'm doing it with a full knowledge of what the impact of what I'm about to do is, and then I choose to do it anyway. Uh, but obviously, medicinal purpose, when something like this happens, it is so that we can reflect and we can change because the church will always be willing to receive us back. Right. I mean, the goal of the church, the goal of Mother Church is to get help you get to heaven. And so to help all of us get to heaven. Mm -hmm. uh, and however, just like with a parent, you know, there has to be some rules. There has to be some discipline. Um, and in, in her wisdom, Mother Church is prescribing this particular remedy uh, to help the person, the penitent, the person who's been excommunicated or committed the offense, to take time to reflect. Um, to be penitent, to do penance, uh, or make restitution, 
um, so that they can be welcomed back. You know, excommunication is a step on a path to get back into right relationship with God. Sure. Uh, a few weeks ago, we did a, a podcast on the perspective of a confessor. Yes. And I, I did mention it. It, it does us priests and confessors no pleasure sometimes when we're unable to provide absolution. Yep. In certain, certain circumstances, it really objectively speaking, we just can't do what, uh, we just can't give absolution. But in many, in, well, not, I don't want to say many, but in some instances where the penitent has absolutely no willingness to change or even feeling contrite for their sins, in that case, you know, even the mercy is there, forgiveness can't be given. Right. So it has a lot to do with the uh, internal disposition uh, of you and I. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And it also has a lot to do with, with what my feeling is, where, where, where the penitent's coming from. And people who head off uh, to reconciliation without being sorry are just, you may as well stay home. Mm-hmm. You know, you're wasting your time. But there's something, so it's interesting uh, also because when things do get bad, so we kind of talk about these things where the person excommunicates themselves by their very act, mm-hmm. right? Which is not to say, we don't want anybody thinking that, you know, you, you, you gave a driver the sign of peace on I-4 and all of a sudden you're excommunicated from the church. <laughs> <laughs> Please, just go ahead and stop typing your letters to the bishop now. Uh, so so that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the grave grave offenses, obviously. Sure. Um, and then in there are cases where in when the church actually has to publicly pronounce or declare someone to be excommunicated, which is when you know you're really you've really pushed the boundaries. <laughs> um, oh, oh yeah, most certainly. Um, and so a couple of things. So what are the effects? So let's just say so when, when someone excommunicates themselves, because I think this is probably a little more applicable specifically to, to our, our time and to people who would be, sure. the five, ten people who would be listening to us. Yeah. Uh, so, so, but, he, you know, what he, is He it? thinks so lowly of us. I think we got 23. 23? That's not bad. So we're not improving. Bad. We've doubled our audience in a couple of weeks. Um, so what are the effects? So when, I, when I'm taken out of communion with society or to, and taken out of communion with the church, what does that practically mean? It means that I'm no longer able to participate in the celebration of the sacraments, right? And most specifically, for those of us who attend Mass on Sunday, that would be participation in what? Uh, you, the Eucharist. You right. And receive communion. Um, and in confession, you can't be given absolution. And, you know, for a cradle Catholic like myself, I can't imagine myself not being able to have access to these sacraments. Um I've been going to confessions, I don't know how, how many times since I was um, seven years old. Right. It's become so ingrained in, in my life that I can't imagine not being able to have access to that. For me, that would be, uh, oh gosh, I don't know. Yeah. Severe well, they, punishment. Can, you know, examples, so loss of the sacraments, um, it's also... Uh, an inability to participate in the public service, public services and prayers of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would deny you from ecclesiastical burial, so right to a Christian funeral. Um, you're also stripped of your cano- canonical rights. I mean, it's just, there's all these kind of trip-down effects you don't receive, but the impact, I think the immediate impact, is the loss of the sacraments. And we always teach the kids, when we kids are coming up through First Communion, and you probably remember from 
did they still call it CCD? What from Sunday faith formation? Faith formation, right? That's what it is now. It's changed so many times that you know. Well, if you miss mass on Sunday, you can't go to communion. But no one ever explains the why. You know, people are always like, "Well, what does that mean? Why can't? I, why should I be excluded from communion just because I missed mass? You know, I decided to watch." Um, the hockey game instead of come to, to mass, <laughs> why should that exclude me from communion? And the answer simply is because it's a violation of one of the Ten Commandments, right? Right, right. Uh, an offense against God. If you look at it from the legalistic standpoint, you know, you're breaking the law, and then you you pay the consequences. But just look at it from a more relational aspect. When you choose a game over God. Right. Then you become, you choose the idol, the lesser thing, instead of the God who loves you so much. In that, in that sense, and you, you, you harm the friendship that you have with God. More like, that's how I, I would like to, to look at it, because uh, people tend, nowadays, don't want to look at things from a legal standpoint anymore. I, I don't care uh, if I break this commandment, what does it matter to me? Right. Look at it from the per, more personal and relational relationship uh, with God. And I'm basically cutting myself off. Right. And the hope, and I think it's Father Martin's hope and my hope, that as you kind of unpack and start to think about these things, it helps you have a greater gravity or a greater appreciation mm-hmm. for your relationship with Christ, your relationship with God, and the God who loves you and wants you to be in heaven. Because hopefully your goal in life, your primary goal, above all other things, is to get to heaven. Sure. And if you're married or you have, you know, you're just married, you have to get your spouse to heaven. And if you're a young family just starting out, to get those babies and your kids, to get them to heaven. Um, and so you can't get there without nurturing the relationship of the one who's going to bring you. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to, to get a little more educational uh, part of this uh, excommunication piece, so we can talk more about like what kind the kind of communication uh, excommunication and who can uh, who can excommunicate. So we talked about I've self excommunicated uh, by committing uh, mortal sins, right, right? De facto, and de now facto. we go to the second kind of excommunication, which is called a ferende latencia. Uh, you you did that very well. Can you do that again? Ferende. Yeah, <laughs> lean and roll is ours. That's nice. Um, <laughs> That is an excommunication done through a decree, and basically that's from a, a public, a formal sentence given by either the bishop or the pope. So the bishop, on a local level, has the competence, has the authority to excommunicate somebody. So there are some cases in St. Pete and in St. Louis where all these uh, religious participated used women. air quotes in case it's hard to see air quotes when it's a podcast but father martin did use air quotes yes i certainly did <laughs> where they uh, these nuns wanted to be ordained priests and so the archbishop of st louis at the time cardinal raymond burke yes to a formal excommunication if you if you read his letter it was pretty uh it was pretty scary the language that they used um but so a, a local bishop can do so, but then there's also certain excommunications that is reserved to the Holy Father, to the Pope, uh, and the Roman uh, Curia. And that's when it get because it, it's in a very public and univer- universal matter, it has to be very severe. Right. And most of them, a lot of the there's actually 12, 
um, that are reserved uh, to the Pope. And several of them kind of deal with things that we wouldn't really see so much anymore. So if you go, if you kill kill an archbishop, a bishop, if you prevent <laughs> if you prevent one of the apostolic nuncios from doing uh, their job or or working, or if you're preventing the uh, preventing the distribution of apostolic letters or acts emanating from the apostolic see, there'd be falsifying letters. Um, but the ones that kind of, or if you if you go ahead and you take over a church. So if we were to just like barge in and barricade ourselves in the church and we're taking over this church, it's ours, um, that would also be uh, the Pope could excommunicate us. But but really kind of practically, um, it really rolls down to the excommunication of sex, right? So people who are... Um, schismatic. Sy yeah, schismatic. Schismatic. Some people say schematic. Come on. Schematic? Schematic. Schematic? Oh, I. Schematic? Oh, whatever. Schematic is like the map of how you, like the schematics. You have the schematics on this drawing. Never mind. Oh, no. uh, all right. So. I think it's schismatic. Schismatic. Schism. Because it's schism, so it'd be schismatic. Schismatic. Here we go. Just let that Z sizzle, folks. Go ahead. <laughs> say it to yourself. So Sizz. basically, you're breaking yourself off uh, in a matter of faith. Right. Yeah, and famous schismatics would be Arius. He'd be probably the most famous. Right. right. Yeah. It would be the Arius. Uh, some of the others would be the if you're really going to be Society of Saint Pius X. Those are recent. Uh, although we're working towards reconciliation with them, I know Pope Francis did uh, grant them faculties to hear confessions. Correct. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, then and there's we could do a whole podcast on the Society of Saint Saint Paul SSPX. Yeah. But that's another day. Um, and then people who would be uh, like monophysites, um, people who've broken away from the church. Uh, Catholic, I hate to say it, but you know some of the um, there are quote unquote. I'm using air quotes. Catholic churches uh, that are schismatic um, that have been excommunicated because they've totally flipped doctrine on its ear. So they've <laughs> taken they've taken things that the church has pronounced as, as doctrine or dogma. Um, to be in fact, and they've said, you know what, we don't, we totally disagree. Yeah, well, and then, and then there's apostolate, apost, apost, apostates, apostate. apostasy, apostasy. Another one of those hard words. I don't speak English. He's rocking the Latin today, but the English is crushing not him. so good. <laughs> apostate. So what is an apostate? You deny your faith, or you reject your faith in a public manner. Right. Those people. When you commit, and you have to really go, you know, it's not a question of, oh, well, I'm, I'm you know, I'm falling away. The, the church is stupid, and I hate it, and I'm going to go hang out over here or whatever for a while until I figure it out. That's not really what apostasy is. That That's part of life, mm -hmm. trying to figure out where you belong and the struggle. Um, apostasy is when, you know, you print out billboards, and you protest in front of the church, uh, you know, the Pope's the Antichrist. Then you've, you've, you've moved over into apostasy. Yeah. Well, when we were going through canon law, there was one case that we had to study where well, this guy confessed that he, um, he wrote a paper in college about uh, the church and, um, um, and should he be considered as, uh, what is that word again? Apostate. Apostate. So we... we the, the debate is still going on, should he or should he not? Because he wrote a paper? I wrote a paper. But was it theoretical or was it a declaration of his beliefs? Theoretical. See, that's, that's, that's the difference. So, you know, you, the, the notion behind that is that you can't, you can't cut off, um, you can't cut off the mind, right? Mm -hmm. And I can't, without the, the notion of the theoretical, how can I ever understand the concrete? 
So I'm not sure. Technically, apostasy is when you're making a declaration of what you believe in a very public manner. I suppose so. Now, I don't think, I don't know if your list has this, but the desecration of the Eucharist. Yes, also is another big explication. Like people always feel a little weird when 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 the church is so conscious about these people coming up to receive communion, making sure that that they receive communion right there and not taking it away because they abuse the Holy Eucharist. Yep. And it, it's a major offense. And then three or four of those on the list actually reserved for the priests. Yes. The, the breaking of the seal of confession, the uh, solicitation and the confessional, all sort of things. Those, yeah, it's worse if you're a priest because you have even more rules to follow. So. Right, and and because you know you have the knowledge right. of these right. offenses. No plea of ignorance for a priest. Right. But now, what's the point of us bringing up excommunication and all these terrifying things? Just to remind us of the fact that every action, every choice that we make, does carry consequences. Because uh, we can't just go through life thinking that I can do whatever I want. Right. Whether I accept it or not, my actions carry consequences. But that being said, the, the church mirroring the mind of God is merciful. Even when we, we impose certain penalties and punishments, it's meant for us to change. Right, because the church, ultimately the goal of the church is, is to bring all of its members, um, to bring all souls to Christ. That's our, that's our job. That's our job as... Um, as priests, certainly, it's our job as lay people to help participate in the life of the church, to help each other, to help all the other people who are who are with me, who come to mass with me, or who celebrate in your parish, or the people on the street. It's our goal as Christians to bring all souls to Christ. That's what He asked us to do. And you know, the notion or the discussion of excommunication is, as Father Martin mentioned, it's really just a reminder to take seriously your relationship with Christ. Um, especially as we're winding down the Lenten season now, and we're you know we're cruising into Holy Week. So Father Martin was dashing in rose this weekend. Oh. Uh, it's his favorite <laughs> two times of the year when he gets to you know don the rose. I got to try two different kind of roses. <laughs> one that was a little lighter, and one was in the color of salmon. But oh. never mind. Although I will, I just have to mention very briefly. I did listen to the recording of your homily at the ten thirty. What Sunday was it? Uh, but yesterday, it yesterday was yesterday. What Sunday? Which which Sunday? Gaudate. No. Is it Laudate? Yeah, it, it, oh. it's Laetare. Laetare. You missed both. Laetare. So, so everyone, pre please pray for Father Martin so that next year he'll know which Sunday it is that he's preaching. He's, he's confused, old and confused. <laughs> yeah. But my dear friends, remember that our relationship with God, our relationship with the church is important. And that within the heart of the church, we are connected to one another and so pay attention to to what you do and the impact that you may have i think that's the the main point of, i yeah. want to convey for this podcast so we we're going to wrap things up now thank you for listening happy happy almost easter yeah and if this topic depressed you we're sorry yeah but not really the good news is is after the easter break we'll be back with happy topics Oh, happy days. Happy days. We'll talk about uh, torture in the medieval ages. Inquisition. Oh, the Spanish Inquisition. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> All right, folks. May God bless you and uh, happy Lent. Amen. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented... 
Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Buckland. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.